This is Courage Cast. Faith, inspiration, and motivation for today. Well, hey everyone, I'm Eric Nordoff, and welcome to another episode of Courage Cast. I am sitting here next to Elizabeth Taylor. Elizabeth, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Elizabeth, I first heard about you through a blog post, actually. It was the first thing that got my attention was a post that you gave on your blog is it a blog spot on your website what is the it website is. called it is um wordpress.com that i use mm-hmm. and i believe it's called not without hope blog.wordpress.com okay all right so not without hope blog.wordpress.com mm-hmm. yep. that's that's the website so you posted it on social media on facebook i think I did. yeah and i know that took a lot of courage for you to do but i, I was so impressed by what you are walking through and how you're walking through it and the authenticity by Mm -hmm. which you shared that I said, I've got to have her on the podcast because I think you can provide a lot of hope Mm -hmm. to people listening who are struggling with illness and sickness. Yes. And uh, so we're going to dive into your story. So um, Elizabeth, tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background, but most of all, just kind of get us to the point where you were diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Sclerosis. Yep. That's a hard word for yes, me to it say. Is. It's taken me multiple 10 years sclerosis. To get it. <laughs> um and so let's let's talk about it. Give me a little bit about your background. Tell us about you. Yeah, well, um I've been married for 14 years and we had our first baby in 2005 and he's 11 now. Mm-hmm. And I mention him because a lot of times people are known to get diagnosed with multiple sclerosis um, after giving birth to their child. Really? Yes. I'm not sure what stirs up in your system or whatever, but it will stir things up. Mm. So I don't think it was a coincidence that I was diagnosed um, the next... No, I'm sorry. I had my first episode the next year in 2006. Okay. So so you had no symptoms of MS? No. Really, that you knew of? I didn't even know what it was. Okay. Can you tell us... Well, what it well, tell tell us what symptoms you were experiencing and, and what MS is. Roughly. Multiple sclerosis is an autoimmune disease and it affects your neurological system mm-hmm. and it can cause um, scarring on especially your brain and your spinal cord. So it's a pretty intimidating autoimmune disease, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. The one I'd probably least like to be diagnosed with, right. um, because when you're dealing with symptoms, that means you're accumulating more scars. Mm. Um, on called lesions on your brain or your spinal cord when that is happening. Mm. So eventually that if you have enough scars, you know, on your, um, your spinal cord and everything, you will could potentially, you know, wind up in a wheelchair or unable to use parts of your body because of all the scarring there. Well, I, you know, I've seen you in church. We go to church together and see you in church and I would never know there's you have ms i hear that a lot (laughs) yeah because i've seen this the other patients uh other other people who have ms and they're much worse off in terms of the way they look yes uh, and and how they carry themselves so i'm just curious um tell me about how you kind of first discovered that there, there was something wrong 
I um, developed optic neuritis, which is a very common um, first episode for people to get when they have MS. And it's when you begin to, um, your optic nerve is inflamed. And eventually you could go on, if you don't stop and correct it with steroids, usually you could go on to lose uh, most of your eyesight. It's not permanent normally. You can reverse it using steroids or sometimes just time and healing Mm. through that. But um, I lost most of mine. Really? In my left eye. Yes. Okay. So you started losing vision. Yes, I sure did. Wow. Uh, how scary was that? I was terrified. I actually thought I had a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. So I remember calling my mom and just saying, do you promise whatever happens to me that you will help me? I was really, I will never forget driving around that day and just terrified because I think yeah. I was going in for my MRI that day mm-hmm. to find out what was going on and get to the bottom of my issue. Yeah. So, so you were living in Colorado Springs at this time, right? Or where yes, were you Yes, I living? was. Yeah. Yep. You and David. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and she was somewhere else. My mom else. was in Indiana. Right. Yeah. So and you I was had, talking to her on the phone. Yeah. That's, I had no family support out there. Just mm-hmm. awesome friends. Yeah. So you started to, you were losing your vision and right. um, they did the MRI mm-hmm. and they, they found an, this optic neuritis. They did. Yeah. They sent me to, my eye doctor sent me to a brain surgeon to have a look at my MRIs. And I don't recommend any doctor ever do it this way, but I got a phone call saying you have MS mm. over the Immediately. phone. Yeah, pretty soon. Even after getting that diagnosis, he thought that was a good, a sure sign that you had MS? Well, this was all before the diagnosis. That was a way of telling me over the phone. So it wasn't the best technique. I was really overwhelmed and Googled it Mm -hmm. and just pretty much at that point thought my life was over. You're reading stuff online about, you know, people in wheelchairs and everything. How old are you now? How old were you then? I was 23 years old when that happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And I didn't get diagnosed, though, till the next year officially. So mm-hmm. I got diagnosed in 2007. Okay. All right. So what does it mean? Uh, so the lesions, they, they continue to get worse? They progressively get worse or they, they get well, more? Well, you, you can accumulate, accumulate more them. and more with each episode you have, which is why it's, it can be terrifying mm-hmm. to have these episodes because, you know, your first thought is, okay, I got to get out of this position because surely I'm accumulating more scarring on my brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially for I used to have a lot in my spinal cord and I, I have more on my brain now than my spinal cord I think okay so what other from that point forward has it always been an optical issue or was were are there now other issues that come up or that make you uh, that that add that accumulate that right. give signs that those have accumulated what's tricky with autoimmune disease is if you don't know exactly what's going to happen within the realm of your diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And so I've had a lot of different things happen. Um, I was actually good till 2009. I was able to clear that up naturally. Mm -hmm. I didn't do any steroids. I was just too terrified of everything. I didn't want anybody to talk to me or touch me or anything with Mm -hmm. drugs or whatever. So I just dealt with that. And it took me about, um, it took me about four years to recover my depth perception in my left eye. Mm -hmm. I couldn't, if I looked ahead, it was like the floor would drop out in front of me. So I, it took me several years to recover that even, but thank God I did. And then in 2009, a year after I had my second baby, Hmm. I had another episode Hmm. um, where I was pretty much paralyzed from my waist down. It may have gone into my ribs a little bit too, but I was pretty much paralyzed from my waist down. So I could shuffle around a little bit, but I couldn't use my legs very well at all. And I was taking care of a one-year-old and um, 
a four-year-old at that time. Mm. And um, yeah, it was really, that was a pretty low point for me. I dealt with some depression during that time Yeah, uh, because of what was happening. So, so tell me a little bit more about that. What, what, what did that feel like for you when you were dealing with that depression? I've, I had always wondered what people were talking about and wondered, I think sometimes that word is used loosely, but when you're in the middle of depression, it is one of the craziest things. It's almost like there's a black blanket over your face for lack of a better way to describe this. And Mm. the world feels dark. You feel dark. You feel like it's hopeless. There's no way out. Um, It's just a really dark hole pretty Mm. much. Um, Mm. And you just don't know how you're going to make it through that point. Yeah. Because you're hit with a lot of things. I mean, yes. You're hit with physical ailments. You're hit with um, with emotional things. You've, yeah. I, I know, just speaking from seeing my wife go through that, mm-hmm. uh, it was very, very difficult for me. To, my wife went through Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't know how to help her. Uh, yeah. Because it's such a... It's, it really is a helpless place. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you said you were able to help some of your symptoms or, or at least get over some of the things that you were experiencing naturally. Tell me mm-hmm. just briefly, naturally, how you, you were able to, to take care of some of the symptoms or issues you were having or get to the root of them. I don't know. Right, right. I have done so much over the last 10 years and I've researched and I've worked with so many doctors trying to find answers. And some of the best things I've found outside of conventional drugs is um, working with your diet and figuring out, you know, things that your body might be sensitive to and, you know, taking the right supplements. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I think working on your emotional health is also just as important as anything because that can play a role in disease as well. Mm -hmm. Because if your heart is in a rough place, so to speak, I think your body responds to that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's just as important as any physical um, or you know, vitamins and things like that. I think all of those components together mm-hmm. can make or break a situation. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's, you, it makes me so mad when there, when there's diseases that can be prevented simply from diet yes. and nutrition yes. and, and maybe even some forms of exercise and even yes. just walking and getting the blood flowing and yeah. um, helping the body to kind of process and move along all of the, yes. the things that, um, it's carrying, it's trying to carry that yeah. are maybe un- attacking it in, yeah. in an, an unnatural way in some ways. On some days when I feel overwhelmed, I, I remind myself like God made our bodies to heal. Mm-hmm. And I tell myself that God made our bodies to heal. So how can I cooperate with that? Mm-hmm. And I think it's important. So you had these two episodes. Mm-hmm. Any others that you want to share about or any? I mean, that was uh, right after your daughter was born. Right, right. So they're older now. They're um, They're 8 and 11. 8 and 11. So so tell me about the journey from 2010, 2009, that time frame till today. From a health standpoint and other things that you've dealt with. um, I would say I've had... I, I believe my next episode was I was great from 2009 to 2013. And I was so great that I even forgot about MS. I didn't even make it wasn't part of my identity. It wasn't part of anything I even talked about. I kind of just put it behind me. And hmm. then I got um, slammed pretty hard in 2013. 
and I um, eventually my right arm was paralyzed, and it began going down my right side and up my feet. Mm. Um, but that was probably one of the most traumatic things that has ever happened to me is to lose the use of my arm and especially my hand Mm. and talking to a hand therapist as I did recovery. She said she's talked to so many people who would also say they would rather use a leg than an arm Mm. because there's something about your arm. You don't even realize how much you use that part of your body for anything, even just making dinner for your family, Mm. really simple things you cannot do. And I waited a while to do the steroid IVs because I was trying to, like we talked about, treat things naturally and do what I could. And after six weeks, I had to seek help. And as you can imagine, my neurologist was not thrilled with me. He said, Mm -hmm. nobody waits this long. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I got on the steroids. And because I had taken a while to get help, it took equally about two times that long to recover. So I went for probably three months without a lot of the use of, especially my hand. Mm. Um, And going through that experience, it was one of the most painful things I've ever been through. Physically, it's one of the most painful things I've ever been through. Mm -hmm. And it's still not recovered 100% to this day. That is kind of a mark, like a scar, so to speak, that I carry. Mm and I believe I got 15 lesions on my brain from that. So it was pretty horrendous, wow. um, the amount of scarring I got on my brain from that one. So I recovered from that. And then the next year, I had another one, which was just a total surprise. And I was just sort of like, I can't believe this is happening. This is mm-hmm. You've got to be kidding me. Mm-hmm. I was just coming out of the other thing. And so... Um, God was teaching me a lot, though, through both years. Mm -hmm. I feel like he was working in my heart in 2013 to learn when he's speaking for me to do something and to really hear his voice. Because when it came around again in 2014, and within 72 hours, I believe, I was numb all the way through my ribs. And our friends couldn't believe how quickly I went from walking to barely being able to lift a foot to step over a door door. like a step, so to speak, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was just unbelievable how fast I went bad. Mm. And um, But that time, I really, God really taught me to hear his voice a lot in the year before that. And so I took action quickly, and I went and got help. And I had a lot of people praying for me, as I always do, and I did in 2013 too, but it was very significant in 2014. And um, after about five weeks, I pretty much had all symptoms subside, mm. which is very quick. Mm-hmm. And I will never forget my neurologist looking at me that day in my follow-up appointment and telling me, no one ever recovers this quickly. You are in the top 5% of people that ever recover this quickly. Mm. And I told him, it's because people are praying for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but God really taught me a lot through both of those experiences and taught me how to trust him and when to take action and when to when to stop and when to go. Mm. Um and so that was 2014. That was 2014. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's a good place to stop. We talked about in the first 15 minutes or so about Elizabeth's backstory. We, sh- we, we discussed her physical experience with MS and we really talked about the past. And next we'll get into the spiritual aspects tomorrow and we'll get into what how she is dealing with not just coping but actually overcoming her symptoms and what she's experiencing today we'll talk about that next 
on tomorrow's podcast. And then the final episode with Elizabeth will be about the future and what she's looking forward to. It's a great series. I'm glad you're with me, and I look forward to having you be a part of it going forward. But for now, we'll finish up today. I look forward to being with you again tomorrow on the next episode of CourageCast. Cast.